broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. 608, good morning, Mid-Missouri. Hope you are digging out from uh, the snow, the ice, as we have a changeable weather forecast. We'll be covering that this morning. Uh, Brian Houseworth will be in a bit later to do that. I'm Randy Tobler, along with Stephanie Bell. Good morning. John Marsh over there. Yes, sir. And um, producer Hannah, who was here late last night. <laughs> Hello. Manning. Good the, morning. Not Manning. I can't say Manning. Womaning the, the controls. <laughs> you, you can say Manning. Womaning the controls. No, I, Personing. Person. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh boy. I, I think I'd rather you say Manning. <laughs> Do you prefer Manning, womaning, or Personing? Uh, Manning, it sounds the most normal, Okay, so I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> and anyway, you were here manning, <laughs> manning the uh, controls for the Haley-DeSantis debate that we broadcast on both stations. And uh, at the same time, wisely, Donald Trump was uh, holding forth at a town hall for Fox. Fox is dumb <laughs> as a fox when they do their scheduling, huh? Well, dumb or are they trying to be clever? Well, that's what I mean. No, yeah. they're yeah, dumb as a fox. Well, that's what and, I mean. you know, the thing that i had to laugh at of course cnn hosted the other candidates in their debate which only nikki haley and ron DeSantis ended up meeting cnn's requirements to mm-hmm. be on the stage uh they were sure to mention several times actually that donald trump qualified for tonight's debate yeah but opted out of appearing basically and they mentioned that i a lot of times. Yeah. More or less than DeSantisLies.com. <laughs> Maybe not that yeah. many times. And of course, Kellyanne, I heard her on a Fox show yesterday afternoon saying, hey, he's smart. Like it or not like it, strategically or tact- and tactically, he's smart not to show up. Why does he need to show up? He's he's focused on the general because it's already a done deal. We'll see whether it's a done deal. Iowa caucuses on Monday, so we'll see how that goes. We'll be interested in uh, the weather, uh, of course, in the re- in the Midwest, which, uh, you know, uh, even though it's a couple degrees latitude north, it often is mirrored here in our area. Brian Houseworth joins us now. The latest on the weather, uh, before we let you, after we let you know that we're going to be talking about economy. 25% of you or someone you know are in the gig economy. And Biden's Labor Department is making an assault on the gig economy. Independent workers. If you're a gig worker, they're making an assault on you. Patricia Onwuka will join us from Independent Women's Forum uh, at 635. Lincoln Huff, the budget uh, director at the Senate, uh, or the budget uh, committee guy. Um, Appropriations chair. Is, I thought he was the budget. No, uh, the, the, oh, he's it's, appropriations. It's, it's a it is a technical thing. You're absolutely well. He, he controls they, the budget. They call it the Senate Appropriations Committee. In the House, it's the Budget Committee. Essentially, it's the same okay. thing. They have a formal name, though. But yeah, and, it's uh, appropriations. Yeah, it's appropriations. It's tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah tomato. Yeah, yeah let's call that the whole is, thing off. The, He'll be here name. at seven thirty-five, and then Travis Fitzwater at eight ten. Uh, so busy show all day, and we may get the latest from Tony Lupo if uh, if he checks in a little bit later. That'll be a little bonus uh, on top of the. The, uh, the cake this morning. What's the latest on weather? All right, here's the situation on weather, and do want to point out too what Hannah said. I want to repeat that very important. The reason Jake Tapper, by the way, said that repeatedly and did the right thing that former President Trump was invited. Had they not, people would say it was unfair that he wasn't on the stage. So that what they're doing is they're showing that they did invite him. So they that's that's certainly appropriate for them to do that. Of course, it's up to the former president whether or not to participate. Here's our situation with weather. It is changed. When I left here yesterday at noon, we were projected to receive two to eight inches of snow with snow starting to about three tomorrow morning. 
at this point, this is probably going to change right now. We're now looking at about one to three inches in the bulk of our area, but to our northern counties, they're going to receive more than that. The heaviest snow is going to be in northeast Missouri. Latest projection from Chris Kimball, meteorologist at the National Weather Service and their chief meteorologist in the morning, Melissa Bird, have the snow starting at this point in mid-Missouri at about 9 tomorrow morning. Now, that's subject to change. We also are expected to receive some thunderstorms in the area tonight. That is not... Did you say thunderstorms? Correct, but not severe. But we're going to hear thunder overnight, which is which is very unusual. What about thunder snow? Remember, it, we had that a couple of years did. ago. We did, we did. And it we is, asked Tony about that the other day. And yeah. it is possible we'll see some thunder snow. But the timing on that, Stephanie, is... The snow shouldn't start falling till about nine, so it, it, it's possible. Um, it is possible. Um, but that is the situation right now. There's no ice, but there's going to bring very cold temperatures behind this. We'll be approaching uh, zero um, this weekend behind it. But that's what it is, one to three. John Ross at Channel 17, KMIZ, is also going with one to three. His timing, though, is a little different. He's got the snow coming in earlier. Again, the models will change, so be prepared. You don't want to get stuck tomorrow where you can't get to work now randy you had a chance for the majority we're not under an advisory or anything right brian not yet at the the bulk and if we were and it's it's if we were an advisory it's not going to be till later today but at this point uh no one is at this point i experienced the power outage in northeast missouri Uh, we still have a place that we're trying to sell up in memphis and um there was power out there for a while not as bad but in macon uh where the farm is I was up there yesterday. It was dark until dark. I mean, it was really? it was pretty. The lights came on roughly at dusk yesterday, at least in our neighborhood. And um, I mean, it was there was uh, eight inches of snow non drifted. I had to fight through drifts. Oh, 10, 10, 12, 18 inches. I mean, it was a big deal. And that is that shows again that the. Um, the Basically, the forecast was close, and we were very fortunate in mid-Missouri. I want to prove a point here. Macon, by the way, when we went on the air and we had at 635, 24 hours ago, we had Mike Sutherland on, and there were Mm -hmm. 1,500 people without power. I checked last night. Uh, Hannah and I were here with the debate, and I was working on snow and stuff. But they were, when I left here, about 500 people without power. They're down to 32. So those crews have worked in terrible conditions. They've essentially put about 1,500 people, actually more than that, about 1,800 people in the last 24 hours. But for the 32 people without, and there's still quite a few in some of the other counties that don't have power, it's an issue. But Macon County was hardest hit, and those crews have been working in ice, snow, um frigid temperatures in that area this is my worry randy this is my worry that area in macon and memphis where you're at is going to get the bulk of this storm tomorrow and the cardinal caravan is scheduled to start tomorrow in hannibal at noon heaviest snow is going to be in that area i hope that doesn't affect that but we very well don't want to scare people we very well could see power outages again tomorrow in the same area I, a big shout out to the linemen and women that are out there because I can tell you, I had to dig in. I probably did, oh, an hour of snow shoveling total just to get into my tractor to do the blade so I could get in with my truck to do what I needed to do to sort of semi-winterize things because we're going to be in sub-zero temperature for several days coming up here. And, and I mean, I am exhausted just yep. sitting on a tractor and doing a little snow shoveling. Can you imagine these people hanging off a pole? I, all day and maybe getting a few hours of sleep and then coming back and doing it again. What are you laughing at? Producer I, Hannah. What are you I'm laughing? laughing at two things. Did you see the picture I sent you? Uh, no, I did not receive a I, photo from you. I texted you a picture. 
of what I'd be curious what it is. Of my big A truck getting in. in. (laughs) No, I was laughing because yesterday on the show, you were talking about medical advice and how if you are not used to doing a lot of physical activity, you probably should... uh, reconsider shoveling your yeah. driveway and things well, but, like that but i but i'm i'm back in the pool and i'm swimming and everything's oh, good well, so i go. figure that's a stress test yeah i mean it's either a widow maker or if he gets chest pain and stuff well then you stop so well one or the other it's all good it's all but good. you got to be careful i just sent you that <laughs> got to be careful shoveling but uh no i the, shoveling is a big deal we and, shovel in the studio every day and my ba- i'm my <laughs> pretty deep i yeah. did the back i if you're gonna you're gonna be shoveling guys and gals Take care of your back. Take your time. Pick the shovel up, then twist, then empty the shovel. Don't twist and then empty. We the need shovel. to do a video tutorial <coughs> it, on how to do Just pay this. the neighbor kid. And yeah. you, you, you talked <laughs> about that. You, you talked about the linemen and line women. Oh uh, man, there's a story up ninety three nine eagle dot com and kws dot com, and I've, I put it, I encourage everybody to take a look at this picture I put up of this lineman in Macon County. He's at the top of a snow and ice uh, covered pole trying to restore power and the lines have been cut. And I don't know what they're paying that guy that's on the, uh, on our homepage on our two websites. Whatever it is is not enough. That is extremely, I can't tell you how dangerous that is to be up there with, in that kind of weather and, uh, and more coming in. And kudos to that lineman who lives in the Macon area. Yeah. Um, you know, well, and, in fact, he's probably going to be one of my winners yeah. of the week tomorrow. And you know, people came in from, what well, didn't you say down from Quiver River? And I mean, all, all points, uh, southwest and, from, and east. The, yeah. There, there are, there are linemen and women from the boot heel that are up in, in Randolph County in our listening area. There Wonder, are linemen many- from every Everywhere because the now they'll be leaving today. A lot of them are back on power, but that's a that's a pretty amazing turnaround um, to have that met many people without power to get it turned so, on. So we have women refereeing NFL sports. Are there college women refereeing yes. as well? Okay, how many women linemen are there? How many well, line women are there? I'm curious. Mike Sutherland and Caleb Jones would have that number, but the number has increased. Uh-huh. Um, I know when Eli Drinkwitz before the season, he spoke to the uh, to the co-ops and talked to the linemen. Eli Drinkwitz's brother-in-law is is a lineman in Arkansas, and there were women in the photo. That is, and they train them right over here by the radio yeah. station. There's a the, near the Amron facility. That's where they do the training on those poles. Um, I mean, it's it's tough work. But they are they need linemen and line yeah. women because the, the bulk of those guys and women are older. They're older. Yeah. There's a girl uh they did a story on a while back named Kimberly Bradshaw, who was from Missouri uh-huh. and was State Technical College of of Missouri and Lynn's first uh female lineman. Yeah, there you go. from over there. That's yeah. right. Okay, so yeah. Plus there's always a plug handy for the blow dryer. If you're a line woman, <laughs> no, they they do a great job. Oh, so Hannah, Hannah's Hannah's facial expressions are priceless. She's like rolling the eyes emoji in life, real life here. I love it because I practice my law practices in a lot of male dominated industries. So yes. some of the uh, conferences I go to, when like the line for the men's room is out the door, and I just breathe just right breathe through, through. I love it. Which is opposite most sporting events and theatrical presentations, right? right? When the women, if you're a lineman, all you have to do is go behind a tree though there's no lines in the woods i actually i googled what the correct term for female line workers are and because the term lime women was giving me the ick okay it just was making me roll my eyes i didn't like it okay and what's the word uh it says that a lot of 
the industry <laughs> is transitioning oh, from boy. using the term line men <laughs> yeah. to line workers. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty common. Yeah, line workers. Line workers. Well, but isn't a line worker that would be confused with someone putting a steering wheel on a car, right? Aren't you work on a line? It's it's too <laughs> generic. Line, huh? It's too generic. I don't know. All right, well we got to step aside because there's a lot going on. Circus in DC, there's a I mean, you know, the debates last night and I'm sure Stephanie Bell will cover that in the Daily DC Rundown coming up here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Patrice Onwuka, if you're a gig worker, if you do some independent contracting work, listen up. Tune in at 6:35. You want to miss it. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Words do matter when it comes to these guys. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. He said former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley has spent almost $70 million, but... She's going to get smoked, and you and I both know it. She's not up to this. Christie then talked about what he perceived was the state of mind of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, perhaps after learning the loudest voice against former President Trump was dropping out. DeSantis called me, petrified. The Iowa caucuses, without Christie, are next Monday. Gernal Scott, Fox News. Lots of fireworks in D.C. and around the political scene yesterday. The Daily D.C. Rundown with Stephanie is now. It was wild. So we heard (laughs) from Chris Christie that he is not running. Does anyone care? Not really. But he does have, you know, not an insignificant portion of the non-Trump vote, which is still very small. Um, So the question is, who do his votes go toward, even though he thinks Nikki Haley is going to, quote, get smoked, which I think everyone but Trump is going to get smoked. Um, But uh, I think the consensus is more of his voters will go toward Haley than to DeSantis. Um, Could there be some sort of consolidation around a non-Trump vote, potentially? Is it enough? I don't think so. Randy? I don't know. I think depending on how she does, depending on how each of them do, respectively, DeSantis in Iowa and Haley in New Hampshire is going to determine if whoever gets those votes, that could give them enough momentum to either make it a race, which is very unlikely, or to be a VP challenge here. And well, what are the numbers in Iowa? Trump at 50-some percent and those two in the in the teens, you know, in the polls, if you believe them. Yeah, I mean, Trump has just a huge lead, and he is behaving as though he has already won the primary. And so he had his own TV appearance last night, and rather than talking about uh, and kind of batting back and forth, he didn't announce any new websites like uh, Nikki Haley. Um, but he, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's not even worried about, I mean, he's not talking about Nikki Haley or about DeSantis. He's he is talking like he's already in the general election. Talking about a VP pick, he certainly is. And then, um, you know, and his ads are more looking like they're general election ads. He's just he, you can tell he's not even concerned about the primary. And Congress is kind of backing him up on this. Apparently, Speaker Johnson was asked, "Hey, what you know? Have you talked to the leader of our, of your party about the budget that you're proposing?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm going to call him." I mean, Johnson's not calling Nikki Haley, no, no. and he's not calling Ron DeSantis. So uh, there was a a lot of fireworks in Congress yesterday. Not only are the is the are the Freedom Caucus folks completely, you know, uh, fired up about the potential of a continuing resolution to get past that spending deadline, but there were also Hunter Biden was in the House, uh, causing a ruckus. Um, and so, it, I mean, it was it, it's a mess. 
And there's ongoing talks about Ukraine-Israel funding and tying that to border control. I don't think much progress is being made. We hear about it, but I don't think any substantive stuff happening. Not that we are seeing. So, I, you know, it's. It, I think we're at a, at a race uh, between the Missouri Senate and the Congress on who can be more of a, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a lot of drama. And yeah, is anything getting done? You know, I, I there's a lot of fighting. Uh, but are we going to make substantive changes on spending or on conservative values or any of that on the federal level? I, I don't see it. And, I, you know, I want to chase after Hunter Biden. But in the grand scheme of things, is that what we should be doing right now when we've got all of these other very important and potentially, you know, international conflicts? Can we all agree, based on Hunter's behavior, that drugs fry your brain? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just agree, or is it people with fried brains that use drugs? What's I mean, that it won't... commercial. It's like don't don't do drugs, or there was some big. F- anyway, here's <laughs> your brain. Here's your brain. Yeah, on here's, yes, your brain here's your brain on, on, on a fried on egg in a I mean, in a pan. That, that's where I was going, John. Can we just put his his face on a commercial? Yeah, and... I, I mean, it's really tragic to see. I that wish kind he would have gotten up and testified, and taken questions while he was there. If he had the guts to show up, and stick of course, around. And of course, the the Democrats were like all over it, saying, "Well, go ahead." What do you mean contempt? He's here. Listen to his testimony. I mean, it, this is a farce. And then he wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah, he was He was not there in a hurry. But, of course, he's he's always on the mic on his own accord. Um, but Congress did vote uh, to uh, bring contempt charges against Hunter And Biden one of yesterday. the one of the reporters, Heather Vaughn, I think, from Fox, was pressing him on, you know, the, the calls from Dad. And then one of his answers was, you're dangerous. What was that about? Well, I think someone asked him what kind of crack he smoked. <laughs> and he didn't like that very much. Oh, boy. One thing you can always count on Hunter for lots of entertainment, if nothing else. It's certainly not his artwork. When we come back, <laughs> gig workers, new proposed employment rules, and the danger to them. Their words are their responsibility. What you think, that's on you. This is Wake Up in Missouri. Welcome back, 636 on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Glad that you're with us. One of my friends from my favorite bookmarked website and group is Independent Women's Forums, Director of the Center for Economic Opportunity, Patrice Anwuka. How you doing, Patrice? I'm great. Good morning and Happy New Year. Hey, same to you. Now, you know, the news on the job front, when you unpack it, Patrice, is that more and more of the so-called new jobs that Joe Biden is personally creating, personally creating, uh, are part-time work. And uh, freelance work is up and up and up in America. There's more gig workers than ever. And Biden and his cronies in the union movement can, are doing everything they can to un, undo and unravel the freelance uh, economy. Tell us about it. Absolutely. So this Tuesday, Biden's Department of Labor finalized a devastating new regulation on those people who can be independent contractors. These are people who are not uh, W-2 employees of a company. In essence, they're their own small businesses. They're, own, they're entrepreneurs. They get 1099 work. And this could be uh, like a host of occupations, everything from typists and marketing professionals, uh, truck drivers, Uber drivers, uh, transcription. I mean, the list goes on of the people who in this economy choose flexibility, choose to be their own boss, choose that freedom to decide to take on as many clients as they want and to work around 
the priorities that are important for them, whether that's raising a family, taking care of an aging parent or a sick sick spouse or even their own health conditions. But these people cannot be unionized. And that is what uh, gets President Biden and his Department of Labor secretary under their skin. So they are trying to force everyone into a traditional W-2 employment situation, which can be unionized. So tell me more about exactly what this regulation is going to do to gig workers. I know we've got a lot right here in mid-Missouri. As a small business owner mm. myself, I rely on them and use them in my own business. I know they're, especially, I see it a lot in like virtual assistants and remote assistants. Yes. Um, I mean, so how are those people going to be affected exactly? So what the, the new rule does is that it changes the definition of who qualifies as an independent contractor. Uh, the past two administrations, frankly, have been, or three, have been going back and forth in how you'd make that determination. And what the Biden administration did is pretty much say you have to satisfy about six different uh, categories or classifications to determine whether you are truly an independent contractor or you should be classified as an employee. The, the Trump administration, their rule was far simpler um, and, and certainly made it easier for someone to retain that independent contractor status. Um, so this rule is going to take effect on March 11th, and we're expecting lawsuits to happen. We already have two different members of Congress, one in the House and one in the Senate, uh, Representative Kevin Kiley of California and Senator um, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. They are going to introduce a Congressional Review Act to overturn this regulation. But what this means is a lot of employers, businesses that you know, contract out work. You talk about um, uh, virtual assistance, contract out marketing, accounting for, for, to professionals. They may have to de- determine whether or not these individuals should be brought on as full employees, W-2 employees, by satisfying this new, more stringent, more mm. difficult um, definition. And, and that's what's devastating. We saw what happened when California implemented uh, something that was very similar, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit more strict, and hundreds of thousands of independent contractors in the state lost incomes, lost gigs, lost contracts immediately, and their businesses have not uh, have not survived. And so we're scared that this is we're very concerned that this is nationalizing what California's bad idea did to its state, uh, its labor force of independent contractors, and making this federal policy. Patrice Onwuka from Independent Women's Forum joins us on Wake Up Mid Missouri this morning. Patrice, wasn't it a couple of years ago? Was it New York or New Jersey who went after Uber on this same kind of thing over what they claimed were what, like unpaid unemployment, uh, employment taxes and all? Yeah, we have seen a lot of blue states start to do this. What they're claiming is that independent contractors are misclassified and should actually be employees. Number one, there is no evidence of widespread misclassification. Number two, this is really an effort to also get at the gig workers, people who are rideshare drivers, like for Uber and Lyft or delivering food through Postmates. And that business model is very much dependent on independent contractors. Now, a driver for Uber is not the same as, as a, a, a coder who works in the Uber business. Those are two different types of classifications, but the state's and the federal government wants them to be one and the same. That would upend the entire gig economy um, entirely, all of those business models, but it also would affect so many other independent contractors who do not do gig work and want to be independent, 
choose to be independent and frankly from a freedom perspective should have the choice to be independent patrice it seems to me that there's two ways that this administration and previous uh, irs under different administrations have attacked gig workers right the irs can has a classification issue as well this is a labor department issue but you know in the big big picture isn't it funny the Republican Party used to be labeled as the party of big business, but I can think of no other rule or regulation than the one that is now unleashed on uh, Americans that really uh, now plays into the whole consolidation uh, that we see across all, you know, healthcare, uh, uh, tech, so many industries. Consolidation, this is giving more and more control to larger and larger companies that are able to now through, this is just another piece of the puzzle, to, to thwart uh, competition and and disruptive competition because that's usually it usually comes from an independent contractor consultant um, uh, you know uh, space in my opinion well really it's undermining the entrepreneurial small business spirit in this country and, and you're right you are hitting on this idea they will say that yes antitrust should be used to break up big tech or break up big companies but when you pass regulations whether you're talking about this independent contractor rule or the overtime rule or the joint employer rule, all of which have been coming out of the, this administration, it, it, big businesses can afford to hire a, a team of lawyers and yep. a team of accountants and compliance officers to afford to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> but it's the small business person who spends their entire day trying to build their business that doesn't have time to go through this 338-page regulation and figure out whether or not the contractors she employs or she hires are, in fact, should be hired as employees. And frankly, that small business owner probably cannot afford to do that. So you're going to see mass layoffs. You're going to see, um, you know, the, the independent contractor workforce diminish significantly. And by the way, 65 million Americans have freelanced in the past year. So we're talking about a lot of people, and it's going to have a devastating impact, which is why it's so important that groups like ours, other groups we're working with, we are supporting the, the congressional actions that are going to take place, as well as, um, you know, there I'm sure there are going to be lawsuits that are going to be uh, filed to keep this from going into place by March 11th. But, folks, if you see a headline saying that this is great news for workers, it is not. Maybe a few workers will feel a little bit more secure, but many more moms, many more uh, disabled workers, many more men and women who choose not to be uh, somebody else's employee, but choose to be their own boss. They are looking down the barrel at something that's going to be devastating. This is a big deal for women. This is a big deal for women. Yeah. Huge deal. You're exactly right. When I was thinking about virtual assistance, I'm working with someone right now and she um, and she works remotely and has three kids and can do it from home on her own time and and do these one-off tasks and it's been it's been great for me and i think i think i'm i'm pretty sure she would say it's been great for her um and so it's sad to hear this is happening now i want to zoom out just a little bit because there's some cases before the supreme court this term that talk about federal agency power and so when you talk about this you know coming through in a in a 300 page regulation we've seen you know more and more getting pushed through through these uh, overreaching agencies so is there anything about the cases that are pending uh before the supreme court now that could potentially rein in in uh, some of the, you know, the, the agencies gra- taking away our freedoms. Good point. 
Yeah. So we've already seen in the past year, the Supreme Court um, through some of the so at least one case, say, listen, um, regulatory overreach. It, we need to rein that in. What Congress does not expressly grant to a federal agency, that, then it doesn't mean the agency can kind of uh, take its own will and run with it. Um, whether it's you're talking about the Consumer uh, Financial Protection Bureau and some of its regulations or a lot of these different agencies. And then that we're going to see cases hit the Supreme Court this year. And lower courts that, that try to, to that will challenge that approach. Um, you know, this is indicative of what happens when you have an agenda that is not bipartisan, that is not for all Americans, but frankly, just for special interests. And if it's if it's the independent contractor rule, that's really about supporting big labor and, in, and getting more people unionized, or whether it's in an EPA rule that's really about uh, the environmental groups and ensuring that they have power and say over individual and small businesses' land and, and resources. It is about helping those special interests. And, and this is what the Biden administration has really been doing. So we look forward to the courts. We look forward to the Supreme Court really saying, no, if Congress, on a bipartisan manner, did not give this rule, this agency, the right to do this, then you, then the agency cannot do it, and 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 hopefully invalidate a lot of the uh, the regulations that these agencies have been putting out there. Well, it's to high time that everyone listening, because I imagine every one of you either is or knows or maybe is a mom, dad, brother, sister to a gig worker, get active. Call your Congress, congressional office, write letters, uh, stay in tune with what Patrice and the people at Independent Women's Forum are doing in, on the uh, Center for Economic Opportunity. And that's all we can do now is just defang this regulatory agency, just one of many that is overreaching. Patricia, thank, thank you so very much for joining us. Hope to keep in touch with you and follow this battle because it is a battle. And, it, yeah. and, and, and you're leading the way along with other groups and, uh, and the great women there at Independent Women's Forum. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and folks, go to IWF.org. IWF.org. Thanks much. Have a good day. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. So, and they have been fighting this. I've been following this story. Uh, the first one, it was a comment period, and now it's on us. And it is, I'm telling you, it's going to be a big deal, folks. So stay on top of it, and we will too. When we come back, um, lots of news coming up. Um, we've got um, we've got a story that I, we didn't cover much, and that's the remote education on the backs of illegal immigrants infiltrating a school in New York. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. News, analysis, and opinion. Free of charge from Wake Up Mid-Missouri. New York City high schools, especially after all they've been through with COVID. Mr. Mayor, you knew this was going to happen. Everyone knew this was going to happen. So this is a little sound from New York City in an underprivileged area, uh, uh, a school called James Madison. And I, this is just surreal. You have to pinch yourself. Uh, they, they, you see videos of earlier this week, children leaving their school to go home and learn remotely. And we've learned what that does to kids learning so that they can bring 1,500 roughly illegals in that were being housed in a tent city on some field, Bennett Field there. 
the city people are whining that, well, that's all that the feds would give us. We wanted a military base. We wanted this. We wanted that. And that's all they'd let us use, the feds and states. And this is just outrageous. Now, I don't think it's going to be a long-term deal. It was to try to avoid some storm event that was coming. But, I mean, at what point do the American people, even if you're a dyed-in-the-wool, you know, Biden voter, do you say, no, we can't take this anymore? Well, and remember when we used to vote in schools like that? I remember I went to elementary school. My parents showed up to Morrow Heights Elementary yeah. every time to vote. And, you know, you could now you can't even vote in schools. you got to vote in churches because it's unsafe and it interrupts the learning. But we're just going to take over an entire school now. <laughs> I know. I, it makes no sense. I, I don't know. John, does this get you just this just gets my goat, man. The fact that this is going on people are observing it and biden just keeps doubling down on open borders well this is a deal and in james madison is a pretty well-known high school in brooklyn because i did a little searching uh alums of james madison ruth bader ginsburg chuck schumer and bernie sanders all went there <laughs> so you know it sounds like uh kind of getting a taste of their own medicine in yeah. the in the liberal system there well, i guess bit. they're true to their colors though because they're all in favor of lockdowns and you know exactly. government yeah. control yeah. Send, the, send the kids home long as the, <laughs> long as the illegals don't have to be outside in the tent city but i mean there were i mean there were protests the parents are up in arms of course the city uh, administrator he's up because he's catching the heat and now, and you say, well, what does it mean for us? Well, I mean, look, I think that we should preempt these national, the things that we, that start on the coasts, whether it's California, whether it's New York, they start on the coast. And ultimately, it seems as though if you just zoom out and look at recent history, culturally and, and regulatory and, and legislatively, it just seems like we have this creeping progressivism. And um, it's going to be here. And the next thing you know, will it be Columbia? I doubt Jefferson City, but... Never know. You know, what's the next... I mean, look, I think at the next city council meeting, I've heard talk that, that they might have a robust discussion about uh, LGBTQ sanctuary. Well, maybe next thing you know, we're an illegal alien sanctuary city. And then, will kids from Rockbridge, from Hickman, will they be sent home because we need to house illegals because the, or homeless because the homeless hotel isn't up yet? I mean, you can say that's theoretical and it's, and it's hyperbole. I'm not so sure. I mean, I never thought we would send kids without parents' permission to a breakfast drag show. <laughs> you're so, right you're right you know that, that the that the uh, uh, school board well not school board but school officials participated in the planning yes yes they knew about I, it i mean that seems beyond what i thought columbia w- was possible in mid-missouri and uh you know so i don't think much would surprise me now now stephanie you weren't uh, you were uh, in sunny san diego when we did the governor's prayer breakfast but john as I think about our interview with David Tyson Smith, it was I'm, I'm glad he sat down with us. But remember when I brought up the fact that in New Hampshire, uh, a couple other states, they've made it illegal. It's a misdemeanor. I forget which degree, but they've made it a, a significant misdemeanor. If a person is dri- if an illegal is driving in their state with a with a license in their finger quotes from another state. And I asked David Tyson Smith, hey, what do you think about something like that in Missouri? Let's just pass that law. And. John, tell me if I'm wrong, but what I heard was, well, why would we do that? It hasn't happened yet. We'll address it if it becomes a problem. And then he rapidly segued into talking about taking taking away Second Amendment rights from teenagers who <laughs> yeah. are of age. I, 
I think it would it would behoove legislators in Missouri to get ahead of what will be a uh, drop at the deposit box of your local sanctuary city in St. Louis, Kansas City, or God forbid, Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, your 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 favorite illegal from wherever Arizona. Uh, well, DeSantis is somehow when they end up in Florida, DeSantis is doing it. Abbott is, of course, the prime mover of those. I, you know, I mean, it's not a matter of if, it's when, if, if they get their way. So we got to watch it. And we have, a, I, I think there should be legislation. Don't you? I think so. Get ahead of it. We don't need to be reactive. Let's be proactive in this deal. Coming up, we talk with, um, no, oh, we've got an open segment. We don't have a, okay, I, Anthony Lupo may join us, but I 